Hey, and welcome back to Giovanni Andreoli's Movies and More, where I talk about movies and more. Alright, everyone. Welcome back. Today, I am uh, continuing down the 80s movie train. I'm going to be talking about Goonies. Um, sorry. As I grab my notebook. Actually, I don't really need this. This, is, this doesn't really... Like, I used to have notes in it, but... I mean, no, I, it doesn't really anymore, like... I don't take notes. I don't know if you can tell. I think I've gotten better at hiding it, but... It's got a list of potential episodes. I need to cross this one off the list. And then I have a, I have some other stuff. I think I'm going to do another one of those bonus ones. Where I just do, like, you know, a bunch of stuff. Um, like, just random and, and pretty much unconnected stuff. Because I kind of like those episodes, and a lot of the times I watch stuff that I just don't feel like deserves its own episode. Or, like, maybe it does, but I don't think that I, you know, have enough to say about it that would constitute an entire episode. So, uh, a little little change in the schedule, I think that that'll be what's next. Uh, the 10th bonus episode, and that'll be, uh, I don't know exactly what it'll cover yet, but a, a few different topics. A range of subjects, if you will. Um, I think that's going to be probably the, the format for the bonus episodes now is when, um, I just, I don't have like a main topic of, of conversation. I just have a bunch of thoughts about a bunch of different movies. Um, in the, in the beginning I tried to use the bonus episodes as like a creative format where I could kind of break from the traditional format of the show and like try some other episodes, play in, you know, different genres of podcasting, if you will. But, um. I don't know. I think I think I've found more of my footing with what I want the bonus episodes to be, and I'm not saying they couldn't still be that, but I think that that's probably how it will be for now. I know a few weeks back I mentioned more scheduled episodes, and I think I've kind of been moving the show towards that, um, especially now when I, there's no more to talk about really. Like, it's this comics, video games, or TVs and movies. Like, I I don't know. It, there's no there's not, I'm not going on any trips. There's, like, nothing really big going on in my life right now. Um, I mean, obviously, Corona is a pretty big deal, but, like, I haven't been doing anything, so I feel like, I don't know. I, th- I think that we've been kind of moving the show into more just, like, one episode, or one movie per episode for a while now, so I think that's probably how I'm going to do it moving forward. My hope, my, oh, my God, I hope... Uh, that this is all over by uh, by June because we were planning to go to Chicago. I know that was one of my gratefuls in a more recent episode when I you know when I found out about that, and that'd be awesome. It's my first time, and uh, I've wanted to go forever, and that would make for an awesome episode. But I don't know if that's going to work out or not. Uh, obviously, that's hardly the most important reason for this to all go away. But we'll see what happens. So. Uh, in the meantime, let's, uh, let's talk Goonies. Goonies is, uh, actually a very important movie to me. It's something that looms pretty large in my childhood. Um, I was a kid who, my parents, obviously, I, for a while, when I was, like, young, young, I was super into, like, cars and Toy Story and that kind of stuff, and then eventually that gave way to superheroes, and it was kind of all superheroes all the time, and, you know, action movies here and there, but, like, my parents went out of their way to make sure that I had a very thorough 
uh, 80s movie education. Like, I was very well-versed in the vernacular um, and, like, the, the most famous 80s movies um, from a pretty young age, which is, which is interesting to me because, um, obviously, a lot of my friends, their parents are around the same age, so I was... I just kind of expected, like, oh, this is something that all parents do, and and most kids have also seen all these classic movies that I have, and I've actually come to find that that's not the case, which blows my mind, because, like, you know, usually they, people have seen, like, Back to the Future, or, um, E.T. sometimes, but, like, a lot of the times, more often than not, I feel like I'll mention a movie, and I'll be like, what, wait, you've never seen that? And Goonies is weirdly one of those movies, which is crazy to me because it was such a big movie for me. Like, I love this movie, and I still do it, spoiler, or still do, spoiler alert. But, um, but yeah, this was some something that my mom went out of her way to show me when I was, when I was younger because it was her favorite movie when she was a kid. And I, I guess still is, honestly, not super sure. But, um, I watched this, like, a ton, like, a, a lot when I was when I was younger and just like throughout the years, probably at least once or twice a year. And, um, and especially like once you've seen it enough times, it's just fun as like background noise that you can like kind of come in and out. And, um, and you know, like you don't have to pay super close attention to it because it's not like a super in-depth plot or anything. It's not like with Back to the Future where if you turn away for a little bit, you'd be like, wait, what, where are we? What is happening? Uh, and so, I enjoy it for that, like, that it's just so light and so fun, and, um, and it's just, like, a really awesome kids in an adventure story, and, uh, and yeah, I really like it, but this time I sat down to watch it, and I tried to, you know, obviously devote my attention to it, and try to look at it with a more critical eye, that was my goal this time around, so, um, so yeah, I have, uh, I have a lot to say, I think, and it's definitely mostly positive, so I think I'll, I'll go positive and then just talk about a few... Honestly, they're not complaints. They're really more nitpicks, and not even with the movie, but honestly with what's not in the movie, but I'll uh, circle back around to that later. So I think right from the jump, this is an awesome cast. Like, they all work so well together, and um, and I think Richard Donner does a really great job at directing them. He has this like real talent for having like a, a scene where there's a lot of extras where it's like a or not extras well I guess that yeah sure in some cases but in general when there's a lot of characters in one uh, location together he has this magic for like making it feel like um, the movie isn't just like grinding itself to a halt so you can hear just the main characters talk it's like there'll often be like jokes in the backgrounds and you can you can hear conversations going on aside from what's happening, like, what you're specifically supposed to be focusing on, and it's got this really natural feel to it, like, the banter between all the, the performers and, and everything that's going around, it's got this, like, energy and this, um, this feeling to it that I think is, is really cool and really unique to him as a director, and I think he definitely does that here, he does it in, with the newsroom and Superman, but, um, they, they've, feel so real together and they feel so believable as a group of friends I think because it's like you know you'll be focusing on one joke but if you watch it enough times you'll realize that something else like funny is happening in the background and I think that really fleshes out these characters and gives them like their own unique uh, personality and flair and I, I think that's something that's really cool because 
you know, child actors are good ones are, are hard to come by, and, and for good reason. Acting is a very difficult craft that takes years to perfect. So, um, so coming across a cast that's all this talented and all work so well together is really admirable, and that's probably the best thing about the movie. Uh, but then, yeah, I, I briefly touched on it, but I love that they all have their own uh, individual characteristics. Like, there are plenty of movies that are like kids on an adventure that I love that they don't really distinguish the kids that much from one another. Like, um, something like like Heavyweights, for instance, came out uh, not the same time, but it's it's of that era. You can... It wouldn't be hard-pressed to, to say that they, you know, they're... Um, they're in the same vein, these these two movies, but like that that's a movie where the kids aren't really characters, they're just kind of like kids, and you root for them because they're kids and they're in a bad situation, but like, if you really, you try to get down to it and be like, which character did what? I, honestly, I, I, I don't think I could tell you. Um, I don't even really think I could tell you their names, but with this, you can tell them you like their names, the whatever the their moment was that they had, uh, the characteristics, like what they brought to the adventure, and I think that's really cool. And uh, and one of the one of the other really tremendous things about this movie. And then uh, I enjoy the the creativity of it. I love that they're going through um, the, all these tunnels. And they're running into like all these different traps and how they translated like you know what you would think of as booby traps like like modern ones into like an old stuff like they they make they make it old they give it like a pirate aesthetic they incorporate like human bones and like the caves and all the stuff from a bygone era into traps uh that are you know, like, that level of sophistication is kind of a more modern thing, so seeing how they bring it uh, back to, like, the pirate times and, like, show how the pirates would have done this, that's really cool and, and super creative, and I enjoy that, like, every set piece has something something new and unique to to bring to, like, the, the momentum of the movie and stuff, and I think that keeps it really interesting because um, it's a setting that honestly isn't visually very stimulating like once you see the blue of the water at the end you're like you know that really stands out because for the most part the movie is like kind of visually bland it's grays it's browns it's like you know dull oranges it's really not a very colorful movie so it could get boring to look at but I like that they have a, a creativity to the traps and to the set pieces that keeps it interesting and keeps you wanting to watch because you want to see like well what's going to happen next what else did these crazy pirates think of and i and i like that a lot and actually speaking of um of creativity and like interesting performances uh the fratellis are great characters and what an what an odd idea like I was talking about this with the Back to the Future movies, but, like, the stuff that we think of now that's, like, iconography to us and just commonplace to us because, you know, it's been around for so long, but, like, back then, where where did they get the idea to do this stuff? Like, um, it's actually something I forgot after I turned the mics off for, for the Back to the Future episodes, but, um, but the reason that ba Back to the Future exists in broad strokes, like, what got the ball rolling was Bob Gale was digging through his parents' old stuff and he came across a yearbook of his dad's from when he was, it was his senior year, 
and his dad had been class president, which is something Bob Gale didn't know about his father. And he was like, well, I couldn't even tell you the class president of my uh, my class is. And that prompted him to wonder, would my dad and I have been friends in high school? Which is an interesting question and something I feel like all of us think about at least, you know, some point in our lives. So um, I think, you know, that, that then gets him thinking and then eventually it cooks it up into like this sci-fi story and weaves that general question into it as a boy go back to meet his father and then obviously there's a lot more to it but with this there's so many interesting like disparate elements that I, I just don't know where where all that came from like where did they think of like a mutant pirate superhero guy or like uh interweaving these weird small town mafia members who killed an fbi agent um and like into uh into this this treasure hunt with with kids to save the town like it's so it's so interesting and it's got like so many different ideas and i think it's really cool that none of them feel out of place like they're all playing nice with each other which they so easily could not because you have the traditional like save the community center kind of movie um which is something that they you know like a plot that's kind of that's present in a lot of different movies like uh even um which one is it? Happy Gilmore, I think, kind of has that, that kind of thing, um, where it's like, you have to do this by this time, or else, uh, you know, we're selling the whatever, like, that's a pretty general thing in a lot of, in a lot of movies, um, and so it's got that vibe, and then it's got pirate hunt, like, treasure hunt kind of thing, and, um, and then, yeah, it brings in, like, the mob, and it, that's so weird, but, but so cool, and I, I really appreciated that, too, along, you know, I was saying about uh, interesting and memorable characters and, like, all these creative, weird ideas. And I think that that definitely ties in because just where did all these ideas come from? And, and it's really admirable that they, you know, they pull it off and make it all work so well together because I feel like it very easily could not. Uh, so that's something else I picked up on this time around. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I think... I think that's a, that's most of the stuff that I really wanted to say. Uh, it's very funny. I love uh, all of Data's Data's moments. He's probably my favorite character. Him and Mouth, I like them a lot. Um, I like the how the they are kind of like transformed by the experience and like persuaded to keep going by Mikey. I like how he's like kind of insecure and he's got that thing that his mom also has where it keeps using the wrong uh words for things but he actually is a really strong and confident leader when he needs to be and his whole speech about uh about it's our time down here they're doing what they can do up there but it, you know this is what we can do down here i really like that and that's a good speech and he delivers it very well and that's one of my favorite moments in the movie and um and uh actually real quick i almost forgot sloth what an interesting character like the he's been you know tortured basically by his family he's disfigured but like he's super cool in the end and he saves the day and um and the appliance that they have on his face i don't remember the guy's name uh i think i could i could probably find it real quick but um john matuzak i think maybe but uh he was a pretty sure he was a football player yeah he was he was um he was a defensive lineman, and uh, he, 
he's like a really big guy already and there you know they add this appliance on top of him and it's so cool and so sophisticated like the eye on the like the prosthetic blinks when his you know his actual eye blinks like that's so cool like totally you know not the just the performance or like like totally divorced from that just to to t take a step back and be like that is really really cool like that kind of stuff is so impressive how many practical effects there are in this movie because you know now a lot of this would obviously just be done with CGI and and you know it would be impressive but in a different way and i think it's really cool to to see like back back then how all this uh was done practically like that is so cool so uh so yeah i, I really enjoyed that and then um uh yeah funny adventure the girls characters oh yeah uh, I I like how how they are like genuine friends and how they all have moments where they're like there for each other and they're supporting each other and it's very funny and you know they there's a lot of banter and arguing and stuff but I also like that there are quieter moments in this movie where it just takes a second back to be like these are characters who are friends and do really care about each other uh, especially the brother relationship with um, with with Brand and Mikey, I really like that. Uh, the the moment where he's out on the porch and he's like kind of sad and and he you know he's obviously very worried about what's gonna happen to his home and his neighborhood, and then Brand comes out and just kind of hugs him and you can see that you know no one else is around so they can just kind of be brothers now and just be chill with one another. That's really really cool and I man this movie is is awesome. It just it kicks all the ass and it's got great characters and it's and it's really funny and um the effects are are awesome however it blows my mind that there are two deleted scenes that were cut out so very infamous infamously there's actually a third one which i totally understand why it was cut out um basically at the end of the movie you hear you know all the kids are talking to their parents and and data says the octopus was really scary and you're like what the what but um but you obviously just kind of pass it off as like he's making up stories to make it sound like they did more than they did which is cool but honestly it's a pretty inconsequential line like i feel like you could just take that out maybe they thought it worked the way i just said like he's just making up a story but it's very weird he's not the kid that would make up stories that's definitely chunk but um but regardless, that was actually that was actually supposed to happen. They there was a scene that was shot and edited, um, and you can find it online. You can find all of these actually online, all three that I'm going to mention. But uh, where they are attacked by an octopus once they get to the pirate ship, and uh, the octopus like pops out of the water. Well, no, first he's like, um, I think Steph. I think she feels something rubbing against her leg, and she's like you know, mouth, stop, and he's like, I'm not doing anything, and she's, and, you know, feels it again, she's like, stop, you pervert, and he's like, I'm not doing anything, and then the octopus, puts, like, pops out and starts attacking them, and, um, and then Data puts his Walkman in the octopus's mouth, presses play, and then the octopus starts dancing, and it looks ridiculous, and then the octopus, you know, he does a little shimmy, and he, like, goes down, and then he goes back up, and he's like, woo like, shaking back and forth, and then he, like, kind of goes back, and, uh, and, like, disappears. It is the weirdest thing ever, and, um, 
And there's a tie-in song called Eight Arms to Hold You that was originally on the soundtrack that was later cut once the, the scene was cut. And if you if you watch it, you can absolutely see why it was cut. It makes it makes absolutely no sense. The effects are honest to god terrible. Um, they're just like thrashing around in these limp, like probably foam legs. And then, um, and then yeah, like the octopus is like just you know decides, eh, forget it. I'm not hungry anymore. I can dance. Like what? Like, it's it's insane. Uh, so that I totally understand why that was cut out. But there are two really important moments of setup where. Um, where I think they so totally should have been kept in, and it would have made the movie so much better. And these are these are basically my only complaints. Um, uh, shoot, actually, I did have one other thing that I, I feel like I could have I could have said, but obviously it's pretty inconsequential because oh yeah, I wish Chunk could have been on the adventure a little more. Like he's pretty divorced from the rest of the kids for the whole movie, and while you know he has very memorable lines, and and he's still. You know he gets his moments. I think it, it kind of sucks that that um that like he doesn't get to to go with them. He's kind of stuck back, and I think it's like it's also very weird that they're like it's the only way out. We have to go through the fireplace, and then like chunk go through the window. So the fireplace wasn't the only way out. Like you could have gone through. You could have all gotten the police, but um but I mean it, it works fine. It's like it's only until after where you're like wait, what? but um. But yeah, to, to double back, my, and I guess this isn't technically the movie's fault. If you don't know this exists, it probably doesn't bother you. But like, there's a scene where they stop into this like convenience mart, like a, like a gas station, like food mart, whatever. And um, they're getting supplies for, for their travels. And, uh, and what's his face? The, the bully guy, um, he like comes in, oh, whatever. I don't remember, whatever his name is, Troy, Troy, uh, comes in with his friends, they start making fun of the Goonies, and, um, and they're, like, you know, beating him up, beating up on him a little bit, and, and whatever, and then, um, and then Bran comes in, and he's, like, gotcha, you son of a bitch, and then, you know, Mikey, or, like, they, they all kind of embarrass them, and, uh, or no, I, th I think it actually, I think, yeah, it's definitely Bran who, like, actually stops the fight, embarrasses him, and they, like, kind of, they kind of like leave the the store with their tails between their legs. The bullies do, and then uh, and he's like trying to you know take him out. And Mikey gets a Mad Magazine at one point, and he's like looking through it, and um, and he sees there's like a like a, an elaborate foldout in in the magazine, and like the way you fold it, it'll like reveal something about uh, whatever they're trying to get you to see in the magazine. And then, you know, obviously, but they leave the store, Mikey leaves the, the magazine, and, and Bran's like, come on, I'm taking you home. They escape him again, whatever. So then, one thing that that does is set up something a little later, and then, with, with the Mad Magazine. And then the other thing that it, it does is make it seem a little more understandable that um, the next time he sees Troy, he's absolutely super cool with trying to kill him like that is murder i don't care i don't care what the movie says he's dead there's no way that he survived that um being like run off a cliff like it, it makes a little more sense than like oh i just randomly see you wow looking like a dork time to die like it makes a little more sense if he's embarrassed if he's angry at him already for something that just happened you get it a little more um and then yeah they go to they get to the to the like the rocks and in, in that location 
and he's like looking through the the stone that they found with the map and he sees the rocks on the sea and they they figure out okay this is where it has to be and you know you sort of get how they come to that conclusion it's part of the map it's like the the rhyming thing about like the steps or whatever but they know to go there in the first place because Mikey folds the map in a way just like the Mad Magazine that it shows them the location you have to fold it some way so they know where to go because otherwise at first it kind of seems like wait what where how do you know to go here it kind of seems like they're just like mm, water maybe it's close so it makes more sense that he knew to go there because uh something to do with the map and the magazine but it's not there and um oh yeah they also set up the pinchers of power because they're like um he, he's trying to data's trying to get binoculars out and it's like an elaborate contraption it doesn't work they fall and break on some rocks and then like the pinchers of power shoot out and grab um they grab mouth's ass and he's like screams and they have to kind of hold him down and not blow their cover it, like it's got a lot of great setup and and stuff in that and i i totally don't understand why they cut these things because combined we're talking about like an additional five minutes maybe but um but yeah I don't know. I guess that's my only thing. It's just I wish that those two things would have been uh, added to a little more because they they totally could have been, and you know they shot it, they they edited it. I don't know why they cut it out, but <sighs> anyway, that's about all I have to say. That one ran a little long, but I feel pretty good about it. I don't think I got on too many tangents, and uh, and hey, I'm not gonna do this movie justice in like ten minutes, so just the way it is. Um. I am grateful for. By the way, I thought of it. I was I was just chilling. I was washing my hands, and I went, <gasps> and I remembered what that grateful was that I forgot the other day, and uh, and here it is. So it was. I'm grateful. I can do my flips again. So uh, I used to be really really into tricking. For a while there, I you know I got a trampoline and and I was taking like uh, parkour classes and stuff, and I was really into learning how to do flips. And I was uh, I was expanding my roster, different tricks I could do, and I was learning stuff a lot. And then after that, I, I kind of like got less into it. I can still do it all on the trampoline. I just um, I haven't learned as much new stuff as I used to be. But I could also do a side flip and a back flip on ground. I did a front flip a couple times, but I never really perfected it. So I did that a lot. Like I used to do it all the time. But it, you know, sometimes I would get injured. Like I would hurt my ankle or my knees or whatever. And so I kind of stopped and, you know, in the in the colder months, not really fun to go out and do backflips in the yard in the snow. And um, and then diving season hit and uh, and I didn't want to injure myself. So it kind of just like slipped away from me. And it's been probably a year since I really did it, but I can still do it on the trampoline. So the muscle memory is still there. Obviously, I do a lot of flips and diving. So all that stayed with me. But I was really determined, like, and trying, because the, the weather's nicer, the grass is coming back, it's, you know, it's a little softer now. And I was, like, super determined, like, hey, I'm doing flips, like, I'm gonna learn this stuff again, it's happening. But I was so scared, like, suddenly just, like, couldn't do it. And I was like, alright, this, this is not happening, I'm not standing for this. So I dragged my dad outside, and I was like, hey man, I need you to help me, you're, you're gonna spot me, we're gonna get these back. And bring out the mat you know, have him, like, hold my shirt and, like, help me flip and, like, keep me steady and stuff, and I rolled over, over his back a couple times to do, like, the simulated side flip until he just, like, I didn't need him anymore, and we got him back in, like, 10 minutes. We got them both back, and that was so awesome. That was such a gratifying feeling, so I'm grateful that I can do that stuff again. I'm grateful that my dad helped me out, and, uh, 
Maybe I'll have another thing to occupy my time with. Just flipping like a madman outside. So, yeah. Dang, yeah, that's that's it. That's what I'm grateful for. Boom. It's a long time coming, but I'm glad I remembered it. So, in the meantime, if you're bored and you're looking for something else to do during the quarantine, uh, I would love it if you could rate and review the show. And you can do it right on app. Five stars would be greatly appreciated. It helps out a lot. And uh, and this is something I've been forgetting, but subscribe. If you haven't subscribed, what are you doing? You got to know when new stuff is coming up. So please subscribe, follow on Spotify, whatever whatever it is on your chosen app. Please, uh, that would really be helpful as well. I'd appreciate it. Uh, if you want to follow the show on Instagram to keep up with when new episodes drop and what the topics of conversation will be, you can do that at Movies and More Pod. Uh, if you want to follow me personally on Instagram, you can do that at gevangeli1. And uh, if you want to email the show with any comments, questions, suggestions, concerns, whatever, uh, you can do that at moviesandmorepod at gmail.com. So thanks if you've done that. And if you are going to, thank you in advance. So I appreciate it. And uh, I hope you guys are hanging in there and staying safe and healthy. Um, I know it kind of sucks that Easter is basically ruined this year. Uh, but, I mean, it is what it is. So make the most of it if you can. And, uh, yeah, stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, I'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Thank you for listening. How is there not a sequel to this movie called Toonies? (laughs) That's definitely getting cut.